haven't been with us in a while, and maybe this is your first time, uh, we've been walking through the book of 1 Corinthians together. We're going to be in chapter 12 this morning. Uh, if you want to go ahead and turn there, we'll be getting there uh, really in just a moment. But um, uh, the Apostle Paul is a, a godly man, has written this to the church in Corinth, uh, thus the name Corinthians. Uh, it's those churches there in, uh, in, in the town of Corinth. And Paul, uh, many years before he wrote this, had an opportunity uh, to write this letter, oh, I'm sorry, to, to start this church. And as this church uh, was developing and growing and as, as new people were coming, we know that, that churches are uh, full of broken people, amen, uh, of, of unperfect people. And uh, as they were trying to navigate these waters, as they were growing, uh, many problems started to arise uh, in the life of this church. And so they, uh, they, they sought after Paul and said, Paul, we, we respect you. We know that you are a man of God. We know that you care for us. We know that you're just going you're, you're gonna to tell us the truth in love. So we need some help. And so Paul is, is, is literally writing this book in response to uh, this church kind of uh, helping or actually uh, seeking help uh, in wisdom of of the Apostle Paul, and he has kind of run the gamut of kind of showing them why they are and why, they're, uh, why they are where they are right now, and kind of the, some of the struggles and trials. And, and one of the things he brings up this morning is not something that we usually talk about or really even think about very often at all, even specifically even in the church and as individuals, is that of uh, spiritual gifts. Um, I, I can probably bet that many of you didn't, didn't even think about that this morning as you woke up. Man, how can I use my spiritual gift? How can I use my spiritual gift? Uh, maybe this week, maybe this month, maybe, maybe you've never really thought about that. And so this morning, we're just going to be opening up God's Word. And uh, we've got a lot of passages. We're actually going to cover 27 verses this morning. We're going to read it all, all right? Um, and then we're going we're gonna to attempt uh, to kind of dissect that and see what God has for us this morning. My prayer is, is that, that God would be honored and glorified and that the church would be lifted up because of the Word this morning. So if you've got your Bibles... Uh, it's going to be on the screen behind me as well, um, and we're just going to, we're going to read, uh, starting in 1 Corinthians 12, we're going to be 1 through 27. Uh, this is one of those stories that's kind of hard to pick and pick. We're just going to read it all, and we're going to unpack it uh, here in just a moment. So let's get that started. It says in verse 1, it says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings. But in all of them, and in every one, it is the same God at work. Verse 7, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. Verse 9, To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between the spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of languages, and still another the interpretation of languages. Verse 11. All of these are the work of the one and the same spirit as he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts from form one body, so it is with Christ. 
For we are all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we are all given the same or the one Spirit to drink. Verse 14. 14, Even so the body is not made up of one part but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body was, uh, was, I'm sorry, if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body and every one of them just as He wanted them to be. Verse 19, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special attention or special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving great honor to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. In verse 17, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, use your word this morning. God, humble me. God, speak through me, Father. Lord, may you encourage us, may you challenge us. God, just just move and speak this morning. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Here Paul is trying to help uh, the Corinthians to better understand their roles as Christ followers and the significance of their spiritual gift. And and the first thing Paul is is trying to teach the church here, and and the first point uh, for us this morning, if you're taking notes, is this. All genuine spiritual gifts come from one source, and that's from God. Verse 4 through uh, 6 here, it says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but in all of them, and, and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now, I don't want to take for granted that someone just completely understands what a spiritual gift is this morning. Maybe you've been a Christ follower uh, for some time, or maybe this is, this is new for you. And I, and I want to take just a moment, and I really want to kind of clarify and kind of break down exactly uh, what is a spiritual gift and how a spiritual gift can be used. And let's be honest, what's the difference between a spiritual gift and a talent? Because many of you have lots of talents. If you were here last week, uh, our friend Terry was up here doing some painting, all right? You would never see me doing that, nor would you ever want to see me doing that, because it would not turn out the way his turned out. Many of us have lots of talents, and talents are, are things that God gives us as he creates in us. Some of us have the talent of being good as a musician. Some of us have the talent of of doing this or that. And many times talents are genetic, all right? I'm never going to be an NBA basketball player at 5'10", 
10, all right? It's just not in my genetics, all right? This is not the way God, God didn't create me seven foot tall, all right? And no matter how bad I want to be tall, it's just not going to happen. Man, I, I can lose sleep over it. I can be envious of someone who is or whatever the situation is. But many times in our life, you and I desire to be somebody that we're not. You and I desire to have different talents and even spiritual gifts that someone has. And that's what's taking place here in the church that Paul is speaking to. He, he starts out there in verse 1. He says, I don't want you to be uninformed about the spiritual gifts. And he goes on to say that we, we all have different spiritual gifts and that God is the one who gives spiritual gifts. So I want to take just a second and I want to kind of make some distinction and differences between what a talent is versus what a spiritual gift is because both of these are from God. James chapter 1 verse 17 says that every good and perfect gift comes from God. Both grow in effectiveness as we put these to use, both are intended to be used on behalf of others. You see, a person, regardless of his belief in God or in Christ, is given a natural talent as a result of a combination of whether it be genetics or their surroundings or because God desired to endow certain individuals with certain talents there's a story in, in, in Exodus chapter 13. It's when Moses and the Israelites, they're out and uh, they're wandering, and, and Moses uh, feels the call of God to build the tabernacle. Now there's an interesting story there because in, in verses uh, 1 through 5 there, there's, there's two specific men that it talks about, all right? Uh, one of them is by the name of Bezalel, all right? You're going to name your firstborn that. Another man by the name of Oheliab, all right? Now these two men, it specifically said that God gave them talent so that they could, they could cut stones, all right? So they could do woodworking, they could do all of these things, and it goes on to say that, that God has a gifted all of these people, he has entrusted the talents with these people so that they could use these talents wherever God has them. But here's, here's the thing. Talents can be used in any form or fashion. Everyone is talented in some form or fashion. Some of us more than others. Let's be honest. God is the one who gives these talents. Talents are God-given whether given in our makeup and design or birth or developed over time. Now, spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are given to all believers by the Holy Spirit at the time they place their faith in Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. So at the moment, the Holy Spirit gives to the new believer the spiritual gifts. If you remember the story last week, remember how the disciples were, were in fear and then something happened. Jesus said, I want you to wait because of the day of Pentecost, something, I'm going to send someone, a helper, which we know is the Holy Spirit, which will indwell you, all right, which will allow you strength and boldness and all of these spiritual gifts that God entrusts us with so that it can be used to build up the church. So Paul goes on to say here that every single one of us has spiritual gifts if we have given our lives to Jesus Christ to be used to edify and to build up the body of Christ. Now, there's three different lists of spiritual gifts in the Bible. One comes in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. It gives a list of the spiritual gifts here are the one of prophecy, the one of service, the one of teaching, the one of exhorting, of building others up, the one of generosity, 
the one of leadership and of mercy. And as we read this morning in verses 8 through 11, the list of the word of wisdom, which is the ability to communicate spiritual wisdom, the word of knowledge, which is the ability to communicate practical truths, there's one of faith, which is an unusual reliance upon God, the working of miracles, prophecy, the discerning of, of spirits and, and, and different languages, just as we talked about as the team came back from Columbia, that Michael was able to use that understanding and he was able to, to interpret as I had no understanding of that whatsoever. And so there's different uh, gifts that Jesus or the Holy Spirit gives us once we become children of God. And there's another list actually in Ephesians chapter 4 which speaks of God given to His church, which those who are apostles and prophets and evangelists and those who are gifted to to teach and to preach. But spiritual gifts are given by the Holy Spirit for the building up of His church. All Christians are to play an active part in making that happen. Ephesians chapter 4 to verse 12 says, All are called and equipped to be involved in the work of the ministry. So a talent is the result of genetics and or training while a spiritual gift is the result of the power of the Holy Spirit. A talent can be possessed by anyone, Christian or non-Christian, while spiritual gifts are only possessed by Christians. While both talents and spiritual gifts should be used for God's glory and to minister to others, spiritual gifts are focused on these tasks while talents can be used entirely for non-spiritual purposes. Here's the thing. Someone can be spiritually gifted and not that talented. All right, some of you this morning. Some of us can be incredibly talented and not be spiritually gifted. You see, sometimes we try to intertwine those things and we try to say, you know, I only have a talent in this area or I need to develop this talent. And I love this about spiritual gifts. It's because it's something that you and I can't do on our own. It's something that that as the Holy Spirit comes on us, it allows us the understanding, it allows us the strength, it allows us to be able to to do things that we could not do if we were not in Christ Jesus. Are you following with me here? There's a big difference here. All genuine spiritual gifts come from one source. The use of our spiritual gifts in the church should reflect Oneness, and the first thing it should reflect our oneness is in our doctrine, in our beliefs. Doctrine is a belief or a set of beliefs held or taught by a church. The use of spiritual gifts will neither deny who Christ is, nor contradict God's written word. You see, this is, this is an important piece here. No matter how convincing a person's teaching or how successful their ministry Their message, whether it be through word or how they live their life, must line up with the Bible. See, some of us this morning, we use the word doctrine, we use the word belief, and you're like, Brandon, I don't really know what I believe. I don't really have an understanding. I don't have a deep understanding of, of why I do what I do. Yes, I understand as you, as, as you bring the Word each day, but as it is for me personally, I don't understand how I would explain that to someone. If someone was to come to me on, on Wednesday and say, man, I just want you to share with me what you believe and the hope that you have in Christ, many of us are going to be like, oh, um, can we set a future date, please? Or I need to do some research. 
or I need to ask some questions, or I need to, I need to do this, or I need to do that. So the thought of having a, a, a oneness in our beliefs is so important, and it's so important that it is under the parameters of the Bible. Maybe this morning you don't have much of an understanding. I want to encourage you first and foremost, immerse yourself in personal Bible study. Immerse yourself in personal Bible study. It also tells us in Proverbs chapter 3 and in James chapter 2, it says that wisdom comes from the Lord. You see, the, the difference between being smart and being wise is this. Being smart is being able to navigate life through the world's lens. Um, i got to be honest with you, I was not very smart. All right? I'm, I'm, I, um, in school, I, just, I really struggled. I really, really did. I, um, I don't know if it was, a, it was just a lack of or I just wasn't very smart. And I always struggled through school, and, I, and many times that affected my, even my personality or, or even my thought process, thinking, man, I mean, I, I'm really no good at this. Have you been there before? Like, I, I'm, I'm not very talented in this area. I'm not very smart in this area. And many times we start, we start believing whatever that situation is, and it starts to become who we are. Don't be fooled by someone who is smart and confuse what they say for truth just because what they are saying sounds smart and convincing. There are many who know God's Word but do not know God Himself. They sound legit but can be far from the truth. There are many who know God's Word but don't live it for themselves. You see, being wise is being able to navigate life through God's lens. You see, for being smart, we're going to say, man, that, that person is street smart, man. And, and that can be used in many different ways, and that can be even used to, to honor and glorify God. But, but anyone can have street smarts. Anyone can, can be educated and have that understanding. But for us to live lives as Christ followers and be able to make decisions in those times and seek wisdom to be able to step back and say, man, I'm going to... I'm in a sticky situation. How do I navigate? How do I make this choice that can honor God? Many times we just cut straight to the punch. And we say, man, I'm, 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 a, I'm a smart guy. I'm just going to make this decision. And many times when we make those decisions off of our smartness and not the wisdom of God, we find ourselves in a sticky situation. Wisdom only comes from God and given to those who are in Christ. It is the ability to understand, navigate, and respond through the lens of God and His Word. Oneness in our belief. The second thing is oneness in our purpose. Since God gives diverse gifts to individual believers for the good of the church, each person should use their gifts in a way that best serve the whole church. Any of y'all passionate about anything? What, what, what is it? Think about that. What are you passionate about? You see, many of us are passionate about a lot of things. Many of us are really passionate about serving the Lord, and, and we should be. But we have to remember our place of service is no bigger or better than others who serve in different areas. 
You see, right now, there are people in the nursery possibly changing a diaper. Their role as they serve and as they use their gifts is no different than what we are doing right now. It is no different... You see, you see what happens many times is, is we, we desire, and this is what's happening in the church in Corinth. I want to be like Him. Like, look how God is using Him. Look how God is using her. Let me tell you something. That doesn't happen on accident. Someone doesn't get to the point of God working in and through their lives. They just don't wake up some morning and they just have the wisdom of the Lord. It's trusting God day after day after day and getting in His Word and seeking God for wisdom. And as time goes on and as time as we, as we flourish in that, that's why we say, man, that, that woman is just godly. There's something about her that attracts me. When I go to her, she's able to understand God's Word and give godly advice. It's not always advice I want to hear, but it's always godly advice. But back to my point, there's people back there in the nursery right now. That would drive me crazy. I'm I'm just going to be honest with you. Could I do it? Yes. Maybe for a few weeks. Some of you love being back there. Some of you are are gifted in that area of of serving where Christ has you. Kids behind me, I've got four kids myself. I don't do well with other people's kids. I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. I don't know why. Some of you are just passionate about that. That's where God has gifted you in your heart is, is for them to see Jesus, maybe for the first time, for you just to instill in them the truth of God's Word. Some of you say, Brandon, I could never get on stage and preach. I don't want that. But what happens many times is what Paul is saying. He goes, be careful that we don't try to be someone else, that we don't desire even a different spiritual gift that someone else has. Be who you are in Christ. Be who you are. Use your gifts to honor God because many times as I was a baby Christian, I always desired to be used of God in a different manner than He was currently using me. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't really like doing that job now. Oh, I, w- I want to serve. Just use me however. That's always like in quotations, like, you know, use me however, it should be but dot, dot, dot. There's some who come willingly in that way. I don't want to be used. I want to serve. I want to use my spiritual gifts. Well, how about here? No, no, that's not really a good fit. Well, how about here? No, no, I was thinking maybe, you know, maybe, um, maybe I could lead a group. Maybe I could do this or that. And what happens is many times in our lives when we start desiring other things other than what God has before us, we start missing out on the joy of our salvation. Our kids' ministry, although it is awesome, it's no more important than our youth ministry. Our youth ministry is no more important than our worship ministry. Our worship ministry is no more important than our community group ministry. Our community group ministry is not more important than our welcome team ministry. You get the point because we are all working for the same common goal, or we should be working for the same common goal, and that is to lift up the name of Jesus and share His life-changing message to those who do not know it. 
can't tell you how many times division has taken place within the church and individuals' lives because we lose perspective of this. Our purpose in our spiritual gifts is not to boast us or bring us glory. It should always bring Christ and His church glory. We should be oneness in our beliefs, oneness in our purpose, and oneness in our practice. Let me ask you a question this morning. How are you using your spiritual gifts? Let, let, me, let me back up. What are, do you know your spiritual gifts? Maybe, maybe this morning you're thinking like, this is the first time I've ever heard that word. The Holy Spirit, knowing the needs of the church, chooses which spiritual gifts to give each believer. This is what Paul is saying. You don't have a say in it. Don't you wish that you did? <clears throat> Maybe I don't. I sometimes, some days I do, some days I, I'm so thankful. Paul warned the Corinthians not to judge spiritual gifts by worldly standards, ranking their worth by flashiness or popularity or the spotlight in which they serve and use their spiritual gifts. Paul encouraged the church that God is the gift giver and to use what He has given us for His glory and the good of the church. One of the things the Lord has taught me over the years um, and I believe is such a key part in using our spiritual gifts to bring Him honor and glory is that of the word of humility. God's Word talks a lot about humility. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility value others above yourself. Proverbs eleven two: When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. James four ten: Humble yourself before the Lord, and He will lift you up. Be thankful for God that He made you the way that He made you and has gifted you the way that He has gifted you, has created you the way that He has created you. You are an integral part of the church, and the church needs you. The church needs you. All spiritual gifts come from one source, and that's given by God, for God. The Holy Spirit, knowing the needs of the church, chooses which spiritual gifts to give each Believer. Number three, without love, the exercise of our spiritual gifts is empty and powerless. Chapter 13 goes on, and we're going to be diving into this more next week. He says in chapter 13 that when we don't love, when we start doing things out of duty, it's like we are a sounding gong. Anybody ever seen the gong show? I'm sure it wasn't popular because it, is, it doesn't make sense to me, honestly. I think they refabricated a new version of the old one, and, I mean, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. I don't even know what takes place. I just know there's a huge gong. Now, that's the kind of talent I could do right there. But the show, they go, they pick up this big thing, and they just, they just bang this gong, and it is the most horrific sound. It's loud, and it vibes. It just kind of disrupts everything that's going on. And, and Paul says... When you do things without love, even out of duty, he goes, it's like a, it's like a sounding gong. 
You're disrupting and you're being, you're being someone who can be divisive. You're being someone who can tear down rather than build up. You're being someone who is being prideful. Paul says, without love, the exercise of our spiritual gifts is empty and powerless. When's the last time that you served the Lord on empty? It doesn't go well. Because here's, here, here's, here's the steps that it takes. We first get jealous. We get jealous that God is using this person and God is using that person. Why is God not using me? Jealousy turns to frustration. Yeah, I know they're a friend, but man, I'm kind of frustrated that God's using them and not me. Frustration turns to discontentment. And then discontentment, if we're not careful, can turn to abandonment. I'm just going to walk away. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. If God's not going to use me in a big way, let me tell you something. Those people who God uses first and foremost, God knows their heart. God knows that they are a man and woman that, are, that have humbled themselves before God. And as I said earlier, it does not take place overnight. It is an act of obedience as we walk through day after day after day. And it doesn't matter what life looks like or what life throws at us. It's walking in obedience to the Word of God. God, I don't even like the situation that I'm in. Why did this take place? But God, I am going to trust you with my life because I want my life to honor you. Without love, the exercise of our spiritual gifts is empty and powerless. Number four, our last point. Spiritual gifts should be used to build up the church and be used under the boundaries of the Word of God. You see, these boundaries should help maintain order. They should not bring about confusion. They re reflect a respect for authority and a safeguard against human error. Just like anything that is good, good can be abused and can be used to build us up and not Christ. Doing good with the wrong heart and motives can be destructive and very dangerous. The older I get, the older I am seeing that I need to change some of my health habits. Anybody there? I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, I'm, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. I'm starting to try to wrap my head around that. Here I am. Man, I used to just go out and just exercise. Man, I just burn it all off. No problem. I just eat whatever I wanted to. I'm starting to see that I need to probably start looking at. I'm just looking now. I'm not in yet. All right. I'm just, just, just dabbling with the thought of possibly changing a few things. I love okra. Anybody else love okra? Okra is good. Good for you. Fried okra is good. Let me, let me clarify. <laughs> you see, okra is good for you. It's got all kind of nutrients. Mama always told me, go for the colored stuff, you know, the, the, the reds and the greens, and I try to stay away from that. 
But here's the thing. Here, here's the point I'm trying to make. I could go and I could say, man, I'm going to change my life, so I'm just going to eat okra. That's all I'm going to eat. It's good for me. My mama told me it was good for me. The doctors tell me it's good for me. About a week down the road, okra's not going to be too good for me anymore. Here's why. Because our life needs balance. We can use good things, possibly even wanting good outcomes, but the end can be destructive. You see, our spiritual gifts that God has given us, we can use those in a manner that brings more harm than good. We can get to the point where we're just like that sounding gong. I don't know about you, but I don't want my life to reflect a sounding gong. We must keep within the biblical teaching boundaries as we use our gifts. There's been times in my life, there's been times in your life most likely, maybe you hear something, you see something, and something doesn't sit well. Have you been there before? Like, man, like I understand what they're saying. And it's even an encouraging word, but I'm not so sure that's biblical. I'm not, I'm not so sure that's, that's in the Word of God. That's the Spirit of God working in your life. Did you know that's a spiritual gift? To be able to test the spirits, to understand whether it's truth and not truth? And my prayer is, as Christ followers this morning, that, that our lives would be lived that way. That we would allow, as God's Word says, as, as information in the world comes in, that we would be able to filtrate it through the, through the lens of the wisdom of God, not just through what we think we know, or what we think is right. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I think or what I think is right or what I think is wrong or my opinion on things. God says what matters is the Word of God and that we must live our lives under the boundaries of the Word of God. And there's a reason that He wants us to do that because when we start living our lives outside the boundaries of the Word of God, you can bet destruction will come place in your life. Every single time. God sets this as their protection, as a guardrail in our lives. Some of us are like, man, I learned that the hard way. Paul goes on in chapter 13 and 14, and we'll be diving in in verse thir- or chapter 13 next week, and really just kind of talks about some of the problems that can arise when we misuse We lose focus of how God wants to work in and through us. Paul wanted the Corinthians to know diversity in our spiritual gifts is purposeful. God planned it that way. He has orchestrated each individual part of the church body to function together in harmony, and believers must be willing to trust His plan and obey it. I'm going to ask Wesley to come back up. Um, I know that as we talk about spiritual gifts, I I completely understand that some of us are like, man, I I don't know what to do with that. Um, 
I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know where to st- start with that. I have a hard time understanding where my talent is, and I'm 50 years old. First thing I can tell you to do is to pray. I believe with all of my heart that when God says and when we pray for wisdom that He will give it to us, that He will do exactly that. Every day I pray for wisdom. Because I find myself in situations, and you do as well, and we want to honor God with our lives. God, just give me wisdom. I don't understand the situation. God, just give me wisdom. You see, we can be in the best situation or the worst situation. I believe with all my heart through the wisdom of God working in and through our lives, we can bring Him honor and glory. And we can do it in a way that honors Him in love and in joy and grace. You don't always have to bite somebody's head off. You don't always have to ramrod your knowledge of things. See, sometimes the best thing to do is to say nothing at all. I'm teaching my 11-year-old that right now. We don't always have to have the right answer. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't. Man, maybe you're, maybe you're just maybe you're running your race, and God is just moving, and you're using your spiritual gifts, and you know it. And God is just confirming that. Others are confirming that. God's word is confirming that. But maybe this morning you're like, man, I just feel so lost. I know that I'm a child of God, but I feel like God has not used me. I'm not even sure he wants to use me. We start believing that we are that person. See, God's word said it. He said he, he gives it to everyone who has surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ. That means we all play a part, and God has given you gifts. And this church, this body of believers, we need you. We need you. Because when one part suffers, we all suffer. We don't benefit when people don't show up and, 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 and run after the call. I and mean, it's not one of those things like, now look at me, I'm the one being... No, we all suffer. This, is, this, this becomes a me thing. Man, at least I'm being obedient. I wish they would and they would. And yeah, back there I see, yeah. I'm not, I really was not talking to you at all. We all miss out. So Paul says, and you want to see the church flourish? You want to see marriages restored? You want to see lives changed? It doesn't happen on accident. There are many times God just blows my doors off and God, I didn't didn't deserve that at all. Look how you worked. In the midst of my faithless, you are faithful. God is faithful. Let's pray together. Father, God, we come before you. Um, God, I'm not even sure how to pray, Father. God, use your word. We live out your word. 
God, may your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. God, I pray maybe this morning that the message stirred hearts, God. I don't know what you want to do with that, Father, but Lord, I know that we all play part in building your kingdom. There is no bigger or better, and there is no least. Lord, you distribute the gifts, God, and I pray, Lord, that we would be obedient to those in our lives. And because of that obedience, God, Lord, you get the glory. God, lives are changed because of that. Father, use us. Humble us. God, we thank you for your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.